Welcome to episode two of the Nerd Digest, Scotty. Welcome back, and we're back. Yeah, it's we it's like back. it's it's like it's been forever since we talked. Well, uh, <laughs> like like thirty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> thirty minutes. <laughs> we're doing our uh, our first two episodes back to back. Yeah, I had this I had this thought that uh, at least. Uh, I know a lot of major sitcoms will record a bunch of uh, content or episodes or scenes or whatever all in, you know, as much as they can schedule in one day to, to deal with uh, scheduling issues that might, uh, you know, occur from the cast. And I was also thinking, you know, it might not be a bad idea if we opted to put two up at one time. We might not. But if we do, you know, then we have that option because I was thinking, you know, you know, especially with 30 minute shows and when you put pilots on television, you know, the first one isn't usually great because again, it's a pilot. It's been filmed, you know, like weeks before they film number two, you know, so sometimes there might be a bit some, some dryness or whatever, you know, uh, right. the actors might not kind of catch their footing on their characters or whatever, but you know, this is obviously a little different. It's a podcast. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a way to have an archive of, uh, filler if life takes over one week and we're dragging that's behind. the idea right so we to, can, you know right that's the idea you know we're, and, we're and somewhat current but we're not really talking about current stuff a lot of the time but we're just kind of nah. you know, whatever not not at all um and i was having a good time tonight. you know <laughs> so it's so much easier than it used to be right with the software that's available i mean remember 10 years ago when we did ours how much, I guess, how many more steps were involved and then technology has brought us to where it's literally plug and play. You click a button and it just downloads it and some minor tweaking. Yeah, when we used to do this, uh, the hockey show we're talking about, for those, again, who may not know, we used to do a show called the Like the Lamp Podcast, which is kind of funny because we didn't give it that name. I never loved that name, but we never changed it either. I guess it was... We never changed I it. I guess it was because we got some of those bumpers not made by us so we kind of yep. had no choice but that's fine whatever right i don't know what i would have called it like we can't really Me either could, we should have called it like the puck bunny podcast or something like that <laughs> just that would have been sweet you know grab the lady's attention there puck, with the name and then they they start listening to buttons. it and, and all we're doing is just talking about how you know we we love patrick kane and his mullet um yeah. <laughs> At, uh, no, you know, we probably had a lot of women that did listen because we, you know, statistics came back and we averaged between seven and eight thousand listens a show. So, I still don't know how that happened. You know, um, there should have been more. Me either, but the numbers. There should have been more. There. I, I left that show on loop on my computer 24 7, so we would get tens <laughs> of thousands. So I feel like those numbers were severely undercut. Uh, yeah, your loop, your loop failed you, man. <laughs> it only registered the first. Yeah, I, I had no idea. So clearly, 
you know, and again, I'm just going with the U.S. demographic that hockey is not as big in the States as it is in Canada. There right. must have been just a certain swagger or sex appeal of our voices that the ladies must have just like clung to because on that channel, you know, it's all audio and you're listening to it. And I'm sure you do have a worldwide audience, but I'm sure the bulk of the listeners on that network were, you know, the ladies from the States there. So maybe they, they just love the Southern droll yeah. that you had there. And they were, I and they were know. listening to me <laughs> saying, what the hell is this guy saying? I don't know, but it's fascinating and intoxicating at the same time. <laughs> he knows so much yeah. about hockey. <laughs> they were just trying to figure out what I, they but were yeah. fig- trying to figure out what I was talking about anyway. Um, <laughs> What it, what is yeah, all about? They, but yeah, so the technology is just kind of in place to make it so much easier yeah. for you know guys in different countries to put a podcast. And you know, it would take us a week to get it out with all the editing and everything that was involved. And now I use this fancy program that downloads both tracks and they're both available, and I can literally start editing the second you and I get off of this. So it's, it's did our, nice. our awesome sponsor hook you up with this stuff? We should mention him now. Um, no, um, but the guys at Gaming Galaxy of Houston are indeed some of the most awesome guys that we've ever met. They are the premier gaming tournament schedulers in the state of Texas. They put on a lot of events. They do fundraisers. They do a bunch of things all revolved around video games, and they are the premium place to have your tournaments. So this goes out a big thanks to Money Motivator and the staff at game of galaxy thank you again for your sponsorship i love these guys i've been going to their tournament since i was a wee lad uh and how long have they been doing this grady um i'm not sure i i I just (laughs) arrived at about two or three years i've been in texas only about six years um but yeah that's safe to say two or three years they've been doing it and um They've got quite a following. It's a classic, so, uh, you know, you're yeah, growing up really a classic fast. Howard Stern ripoff <laughs> bit there. That's from uh, a circle right. from uh, Private Parts there, where he makes reference to uh, I can't even remember what it is. He talks about going to it with his dad when he was little, and he's rambling on about it or whatever. And he's like, and, and he's like, and their grand <laughs> right. opening is this weekend. <laughs> and he's like, wow. <laughs> no, but for the time that these guys have been around. Um, They've done some some really great things with uh, the community, so um, very humbled for them to have us awesome. as a sponsor for the show. And those guys use a lot Thanks, of technology guys. as well, yeah, <laughs> like what I'm using. Now. Thumbs up for you guys! <laughs> awesome, thank you. So so okay, we're on the top of of technology. So well, okay, Let's talk I was going to gonna say stuff. like I guess the easiest way to start off was I was curious. So you were mentioning what you're using right now, like not that it's plugging anything to you know get them. A, a big thing, but you know, in the day right now with everything going on, the Zoom is the big name that is out there. There's some other ones. There's a there's a Google one as well. Right. I think there's uh, Microsoft Teams is something that's been popping up with my work um, that they're that it you're is. using using uh, Ringer and um, yeah. So this is very different. Because I remember back in the day when we did the hockey show, um, I was trying to be all sophisticated and I was recording into Pro Tools, which is uh, Pretty pretty high end uh, mm-hmm. production um, software, but the downside of it was I was recording into that with an actual mic in my room, and uh, 
I was patching you in through Skype. <laughs> so it was kind of half dependent on yep. not only what mic you had at the time, but also the streaming level technology we had, you know, we're, let's just say it 10 years ago, you know, which is yeah. nowhere near the par that we've got it now. Um, so I would have to do like a secondary output from my computer and roll it into another computer's input interface. So, and then there was the, the bleed you would get too from the call. So I would have to go in and, and manually edit out all the, what should be dead air space was more just like either echo or background noise space. So each one of us talking and, you know, the quality got better over time, but there was still sometimes a little bit of a, a jump or even just a background tendency noise. If you wore good enough headphones, you would hear the difference between me talking in a room and then when it's kind of, you know, edits, even though I tried to do some crossfading from when you came in, uh, there'd be a tiny little bit of either, it wasn't hiss, but it was just kind of that background atmospheric noise. So you definitely, you definitely knew we were not right. in the same yes. spot. Um, yeah. So now, and so now uh, this program, basically I, I can send a link in an email saying, Hey, I have this up and running, join in. And once you do, I see that your voice registers through my nifty little screen and I click record and it basically downloads two tracks and the rest I can throw into audacity or some very small program and get pretty good results. Um, my wife and I do another podcast uh, for those of you that might be interested. It is the mini pig podcast, <coughs> excuse me. And it is about the ownership and the care of mini pigs. Um, but basically, I'm in my closet mm -hmm. right now recording. You know, no fancy studio. I use my closet because it, it muffles the sound better than any other room in the house. But I have um, a blue microphone and a laptop. And that's, you know, just to show the simplicity of what it takes to, to make a podcast. You need, you know, three items, a set of headphones, not even. You don't really need the headphones, but you should have headphones, a mic, and a computer. Um, I saw a nice video the other day of a guy who bought a mobile microphone, a USB that he plugged right into his iPad and he does all his stuff on his iPad. And since all the, the programs on the iPad are, um, iOS native, mm -hmm. it's seamless. It's amazing compared to the stuff. Oh, we used to MacGyver to everything together. together and I remember when we tried yeah. to patch in somebody on a phone call at one point, again, not using, you know, the good stuff we had. I think I yeah. went like headphone jack output into a mixer on a channel and then i had to output that into the pro tools interface just to get that to work now i granted i could have done it into the uh the interface itself from the phone but i think i was dealing with uh, a two input system because it was a small rig but yeah i don't know it was interesting because yeah we, yep. we did an interview right. with uh Randy Hahn, who was the voice of the San Jose Sharks. I think he still is. I think he works with NBC now um, back then. And that was, what I think, how we did it. That was the one time we had, like, a legit guest on the show, which was pretty cool. Somebody who was actually in with the team yeah, to that point, was. you know. And it was great because I actually felt like I did some <laughs> significant research. I went and did some stuff in their prospect pools. And, you know, he he knew of the people. He just wasn't too familiar with them. And I was just like, okay. It was either that, like, you know, he more than likely he's just way too busy with you know everything else going on because I think this the overexposure of like Toronto media it seems like you talk to whatever media person who works at TSN or Sportsnet up here in the north and instantly uh, between 
the fans and the analysts, they're all experts on who's in the system and things like that. Because I think we were, we were trying to sound like really smart and professional, like we did our homework and we were asking. And I think, I think we came off like we did. He seemed like <laughs> we did a, a good job and we didn't waste his time or anything like that. And we were very grateful for his time. He was a very cool guy about it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I don't know where it's going with that. <laughs> well, I mean, we're just yeah. we're just talking about the complexity of, of what we used to have to go through. And and one last thing I'd like to talk about Ringer is it's cool because you don't have to have anything. I mean, they also have a mobile app, so you can open up the link in your head. You know, I mean, sorry, on your um on your smartphone, plug in your earbuds, and if you have a mic, it's decent enough quality to where, you know, I can be talking to anybody in the world. For instance, if we call Chris Rock and say, hey, man, want to do an interview? And he's like, hell yeah. And I'm like, all right, here's the link. He plugs in his earbuds and he's there. And I just, I don't the know. The fact that we the simplicity of it just amazing. throw Chris Rock's name out there. Ah, I just try to use a big name that's yeah. so out of our reach. I thought you were going to say like my buddy Chris. And I'm like, yeah, he'd probably do it. But Chris Rock's not going to do our show. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. He's busy doing Zoom um, party calls right now with other celebrities I've heard. Oh, I wish I could get an invite to one of those. Chris Rock, if you're listening to this, send me a send me an email, and that would be at thenerddigest at gmail dot com. Yeah. Thank okay. Well, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at the Nerd Digest. Just throwing that out there, please, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> We're begging. Uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> so um, what about you? Any interesting technology you've been dabbling with lately? No. Uh... I feel like I'm turning into a bit of an old man yelling at the clouds half the time with things. It's just, I remember I, I used to be that guy in the family that everyone would come to about their technology questions. And I still am. Problem is I'm not keeping up with things. So when they come in, there asking me, I'm like, I don't know. I'm cheap. I don't want to go and get this, or I don't think you should do that or whatever. Like I'm that guy and I'm that dude who, will not change their mobile plan because I've had a grandfathered in plan forever where I don't pay for data because I'm Absolutely. sorry in the modern day, everywhere I go is free Wi-Fi. My house has Wi-Fi. My work has Wi-Fi. At least when I used to go into work, we won't talk about that right now because we're in a still a COVID free zone. We're not going to talk about that garbage right now, but you know, I'll know what I'm talking about. You understand? But yeah, when I used to go into work, free Wi-Fi connect to their Wi-Fi on your phone. So I'm like, okay, so boom, that's like, 80% of the places I am during the week, I have free Wi-Fi. And if I'm not, yeah. it's like, okay, well, I went to Tim Hortons, you know, if I really want to, if I'm at Walmart or something, there's probably a McDonald's nearby. I can walk by and pick up my email if I really want to. But if I'm out and I'm with my family, I, I'm not a workaholic or anything. And I feel like if I was, I'd probably have an important enough job where they would give me a company phone with a data plan anyway. But on my own personal thing, you can wait till I get home on my free Wi-Fi for me to respond to your email or whatever, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and what happened to the days of picking up the phone and calling people? Nobody calls you anymore. Right. That's <laughs> not, let's yeah. not get started on no, that. No, just, that's just my, my point though, with technology. Uh, I, you know, I, I like my WhatsApp. Um, I have really disconnected myself from some of the social media. Um, I have... You really I have, have. A, I have accounts. Um, I don't check them really, unless you want me to. You know, like you asked me specifically to add this to my Facebook page, or as a like or whatever, which right. I will gladly do because I like you, 
And I know you're not going to shove right. propaganda and other garbage in my face. And that's just my opinion on Facebook, the way it's gone. And it started with the disconnect actually more so because I was having a little one and I didn't want her picture plastered everywhere on social media because for the last 10, 15 years of having a fair instance of Facebook page, I've accumulated so many friends from so many different realms, be it previous work or DJing or producing or, you know, friends or high school friends. Cause that was the big thing, obviously when it started keeping tabs with your high school people, I just didn't want to plaster my kid's image all over there. And because that's the other thing is people tag and all that other stuff, just the fine print of, okay, well your photos become, you know, whatever property and things like that. And then sure enough, as the, you know, the years started to go by since my daughter was born, she's two and a half. Now you start hearing more stories about, Oh, well, Facebook, leaked information to so-and-so and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, there's a, obviously a big distrust thing there. And then, um, you know, I understand how the web works. You need to sell ads to make revenue and to generate that revenue. You need to blast into people's face because that's how everything works. That's how this podcast essentially would work to create awareness. You need to create attention to yourself to bring your listenership up or your viewership or your interest in whatever it is you're selling or promoting or writing and yada yada and i get that and that's part of the game and you have to go along with that if you're going to be in that game um my just thing is that you like enough things and stories and pages and stuff like that and all of a sudden you're like why am i even seeing this and i think i one thing that sticks out in my mind was was a kicker as to why i got off facebook and no one's ever really asked me this but um, I saw someone, for whatever reason, and I think they had the intention of creating an awareness to elicit a negative response from people posting such imagery or video. It was a video, and I, again, I'm not a big dog person, for those who know me. Um, I'll tolerate them. I was a, I'm not going to go and say attacked because that's BS. I was bit by a small dog that my parents owned when I was little. And that turned me off from it. I've always, I've got a fear of dogs. Actually, I've got a fear mostly of little dogs who are yappers. Um, I love golden retrievers. I love collies because they're big teddy bears. But um, I digress. The point was uh, they had a video up. It is it, like sort of like how Greenpeace would post something about endangered species or polluting and things like that. They'd show the worst example possible. So somebody posted a video of a dog being assaulted. Yeah. And I saw it and I said, I'm done. I'm off of this garbage. And it was right around the time I was about to have my kids. So I said, forget it. The reason I, I didn't want to get on here because I didn't want to post photos of my kid, but now I've seen this and it's just turned me off from it. I don't need to see it because sometimes you can't even control what comes up. You don't want to see this stuff. And I get it. Sometimes shock value and awareness is a good thing um, to bring your attention to something otherwise you would not know of, but this was too much. And I said, no, forget it. I'm done. Um, and I, I, I decided not to, close my account because I thought that just, you know, I, I thought in a weird way, I'm sticking it to Facebook by continuing to take up part of their server space by leaving my account where it is. So I'm not deleting it. Plus it also <laughs> said it, it, it right, could take yeah. upwards of six months to remove all your existing things. So I said, screw it. Uh, and, and you know, anything online, regardless whether you delete it or not, there's a digital footprint there. So even if you put a picture up and delete it, it's still going to be there somehow. 
So I said, screw it. I'm just going to walk away with it and not, not really update anything unless I need to. Um, as for Twitter, I have a Twitter handle. I only use it for music that I produce. Um, I actually produced the song, which is a it's a remix version of uh, Bubble Man's theme from with the Mega Man series. Um, I just kind of yeah, like oh, did it's, you? It's like you it's like you're hearing it for the first time. Wow! Like you didn't know. <laughs> uh, no, I made it. I showed you, and you're like, hey, that's pretty good. And I I just kind of put like a flare on it because you're you pitched it to me what the show would be about. And I thought, Oh, you know, it's, hopefully this kind of compasses a little things. It's got some retro vibe in there. It's got more of an upbeat thing, vibe dancey, but rocking a little bit still, you know, it's kind of fun. Um, but anyway, I do that. I also produce music. Um, I've got several albums. I'm not going to go and sh- plug them and everything like that, but you know, they're out there. If you really want to know, you can email us or hit us up on Twitter and I'll let you know. Um, Cause I definitely would love you to listen, but that's not my sole reason for, doing this again that's what i use my social media platforms for i know you're asking about software and technology and things like that but i'm a bit of a lame-o um no, like when it comes fine. to my phone yeah. things that i've got on their apps wise just going through there i got i got my alexa app i've got my uh budweiser light app i've got canadian tire walmart home depot linkedin a couple of mediocre games nothing that exciting i've got iHeartRadio. um you know Tim Hortons app, you gotta have that. Right? Or your coffee in advance. But uh, anyway, do do you feel that with your disconnecting that you become more of a generalized user, just the everyday things? Um, you you know, like you say it uh, earlier, you were you know, and still are the guy that people in your family go to. And I understand because, um, yeah, unfortunately, oh, so it's interesting in to hear IT. your side. Yeah. So I'm up to I'm up to date on everything. That's coming out. And, and a lot of times, usually, you know, we know about the future a little more than the common person does. Um, but I still get the phone calls from my mother, uh, my mother-in-law, um, people in the family, you know, getting on remotely, fixing their problems. And, and that's not that's not an issue. You know, um, I gladly do those things. Um, but when it comes to even the more, I guess, advanced stuff, um, you know, I can get bombarded with just questions and um, things about the cloud because the cloud is so big these days and, and things are finally starting to move to the cloud. But what I'm trying to say is that I can't escape it nearly as easy as you because my, you know, livelihood right. revolves yeah. around technology. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, at, n- at night I'm a podcaster during the day. Um, I think I'm interested you know, if it uh, relates I'm to something guy. I'm interested so. in. And it sounds very narrow minded, but it's kind of the truth. Uh no, not really. It's if you're not saturated in it like yeah. me, why would you care if, if it's something that you don't use? I think for the most common people, your everyday users, that's what it's about. It's what are their, I guess, yeah. lack of a better word, I guess they're, what's your need? If you needed this app, like you'll learn TikTok. how to use it. I know it, it if exists, you don't, why but I really you? don't care because I'm know, not going to use it, right? It's not what it's not uh, something for me. Yeah. You know, I, right. I'm more of like, the checking out uh, Pinterest or Reddit because I'm more interested in checking out articles and things that are, you know, interesting for me and, you know, whether it's my demographic or my situation and things like that. I feel like this, this show is going a whole more serious direction, isn't it? We're, it's not quite as lighthearted. We're sharing some, some soulful <laughs> yeah, stories but, uh, here and whatnot, but you know, yeah. 
we'll we'll get there. Like, like, we'll, we'll bring we'll, we'll bring in the aspect, fun in the and I won't half. I won't pick out who it was in my family. But there's there's a member of my family, and I I love her dearly. Um, she, she's talking to me the other day about the big thing in her life. She had to go and because of the situation in the world, she she really had to go and get online banking set up. So she had, and she doesn't live in the Toronto area, but she, she lives somewhere in between here in Ottawa. So she's like, oh, I, I had to contact somebody near an Ottawa branch and I had to, I had to have a call. And I, cause at first I thought she said she was going in and then she's like, no, I had to have a call with them so they could help me set up my online banking. And I'm sitting there thinking, you go to the website and you put your fucking card number in. Like, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Right. But I guess this person needed to go through right. the motions. But again, I just kind of laughed because I was like, shit, I could have told you how to do that. And, but at the same time, I'm, I'm just too busy with other stuff. And, yep. and, you know, you love that member of your family, but you're like, you know, that's going to spend, you're going to spend 30 minutes doing something that should take 30 seconds. Right. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to let the branch person deal with this and they can uh, solve me, their problem. I'll tell you this. There is nothing that drives my patience. And this is my fault. This is my problem. But, <clears throat> excuse me, there's nothing that would drive my patience more than having to explain technology to somebody who I feel should know how to use technology. And I'm going to give you an example. It's a member of my family. I won't say who, but I was trying to help them get to a certain website. And I was explaining to them, I was like, you go to Google. And you type in the search and I was like, I will see the same thing you're seeing and I'm going to walk you through the process. It's that simple. And this went on for like 15 minutes and I'm like losing my mind. I'm like, I don't understand what you don't get about this. And come to find out this person is typing in in the address bar instead of the Google search and going to all these random sites. And they're telling me, well, I see this, this and this. I'm like, well, that, that and that is not the site you want to go to because those are obviously, you know, um, malware sites or infected sites or just, it's, it's not where you need to go. I don't see why you're not seeing the same thing as me. And it was just this vicious ball that was just rolling down a hill, getting bigger and bigger and like about to lose my mind till we finally figured out. It's like, yeah. no, you don't type it in the address bar. You type it in the search bar. You type google.com in the, in the address bar to get so to the you website. Can do it in the address so, bar if you're using Chrome, which is so, it's just so much. Well, oh, it, it's lazy, but at the same time, it helps. But you know, it, it how is. hard is it to spell? It you is. know, just type in on Google. You know, p o r n h u b dot com, right? You know, so that's it. That's all you had to tell them how to do it, and then you're there. It shouldn't be that right. hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a, that's exactly right. It's a great site. Um, but the, the, the thing is, <laughs> certified. is, is uh, Nerd Digest approved. Um, the thing is <laughs> certified, certified nerdy um, that, you know, I know it's my problem because, you know, I need to have more patience. And and it's because I'm I live in that world so much that I think people should know more than they know. And I forget that the common user is a way lower level of experience, way lower than me. And so I have to find that healthy balance to where I got to find some patience where I don't know, but I have to be a little more, you know, understanding like these people don't do what you do. They don't set up servers. They don't, they don't do this infrastructure work, you know, um, 
actually surfing the internet to some people is kind of a chore, you know? So it's, it's finding, I don't know if you call that empathy, but it's just understanding. And I have a hard time with yeah, it. I still and remember the hard days that, of trying that to just teach my dad how to anything. press the input button <laughs> to get to DVD. <laughs> right, right. It's just things like that. Exactly. How do I get back? <laughs> Same button. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, so um, as for myself, any new technology? Um, I guess that's applicable to the listeners. Probably not. You know, it all be on the, on the work front. Um, I guess you know this ringer would be the newest thing that, that I've tried since uh, my other podcast. We've been doing it about a year and. Tried several other platforms. I will say this, um, you know, Ringer doesn't pay us. I'm just giving them props for being good. Uh, if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, stay away from Zencaster. Mm-hmm. If you like your quality to be good when you download it, stay away from Zencaster. I will tell that to the people out there. It's just a miserable experience. There's nothing like getting a great podcast, getting a great guest, and you get back the worst audio you've ever heard when you know that you both have a good connection and both solid uh, equipment. So I can, I can, I can tell you that much. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of segues into what we're going to talk about this week and technology and development. And let's talk about a topic that we both love. Um, and that's video games. Oh yeah. So Yeah. The topic of the week will be video games, and that's where we come into our top five. Top five. And top five. And, and like, like you know, previous episodes. Oh, pre- um, all one of this them. This is the top five for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, the most influential on our own lives, not necessarily the top five video games. Um, for sales or popularity in the world. So this is Scotty's top five, my top five and the reasons why. And if you don't like it, we don't care. Make your own podcast and make your own top five, but this one's ours. So um, you started last week. So I will switch it up. And how about I give you my number five first? Okay. Well, this one's going to be kind of a no brainer once I say it, especially for you and I in our past, but the whole NHL series, um, (laughs) Going back from like ninety five or ninety six. I just jump in here because my number um, five is I the buy- same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, then I won't go as detailed. We can both there have half go. of this. That's cool. Um, but uh, it makes the list because I buy the game every year since I think ninety six. Um, I play it. I love it. I've watched it evolve, and how just amazing to see the steps it's come in. What is that now? Twenty five years. The old days where you'd have to have IP addresses and landlines and all kind of stuff just to play a game against another person. And now I just hit, you know, the green button on my controller and it connects me with four other individuals who their poor, poor souls will lose because I'm horrible <laughs> at left wing. Um, but anyway, uh, NHL series gets uh, my, my, my number oh, five. Yeah, but- mine is the same. Uh- it's funny you say 96 because I know it started with uh, NHL uh, PA, which was in the 93 version. And NHL 94 is the one that gets a lot of the notoriety. I remember when they did like the anniversary version or whatever a couple years ago, they put NHL 94 on the, uh, the PS4 or Xbox One disc. 96 was, I think, the one. Like I had 94. 96 was the one that 
really strikes like a chord with me. Um, the fact that it was the first time it was like, I heard like a legit pop song in on the soundtrack. Like I remember two unlimited, get ready for this on loop right. all summer long. Do, 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 and my buddy's apartment. Yeah. Right. I, you know, 12 year olds just playing that, get the hell out of that game. And that was when we first also uh, saw season mode. So you could also create a player and put him in the season mode. And I remember he had a glitch get a glitch happen and Absolutely. somehow the guy got like 250 goals or something like that or, or something like that or points or whatever it was so he or no it was 500 points i don't know something something really ridiculous so he was like clear cut number one season league leader and it screwed everything up and everyone else below that had like you know 80 or less but um we we played the hell out of that <laughs> game um and like you um i did every two years because i always felt like uh, it would at least jump um i think i had 96 and I don't think I had another one until uh, PS2 uh, with uh, probably NHL uh, 01 or something like that or 03. And then um, maybe, okay. maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not entirely sure. No, man, I think that was the PS2 era. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of went every every year, I think, uh, I think 05, 07. And then um, I think then I took a break for a couple of years. And then I had a 360. And then I got... I can't remember what was the last one I got, but then when I got the PS4, I got NHL uh, 15, and then uh, I didn't get anything because, again, uh, you know, time and years catch up a bit with things, so I didn't have the time to play anything. But then I kind of came into uh, NHL 19 uh, about six six to nine months ago. Oh yeah, uh, and I got it. I got it from uh, a coworker mm-hmm. whose son, kind of in that same next generation thing like yourself bought it every year so they had 20 and they weren't playing 19 anymore so i got that and a uh, rory mcroy pga for both of them for 20 bucks i'm like solid um so yeah so anyway 19's right. yeah, got suban on the cover on nashville um so yeah it's it's that's good right. uh the problem my big problem i had with 15 was the loading time was atrocious. It took forever to load every single screen. It felt like on the PS4, and I was like, I know this is the first year of that first of uh, the new generation, but this is garbage. The loading time, so 19 is a lot faster. And yeah, my whole pull to the series, probably because it started with 96 with the create a player and do a season, was I've I love the GM mode. I love doing everything to do with it. So as these games have evolved over the years. Uh, plug me into all that stuff. You know, I want to do trading for draft picks. I like scouting the prospects and things like that. I, I don't, I, I don't want to go and simulate a season cause I want to play it. But all I can think about as soon as I start like a season, and I get like 10 games and I'm like, Oh, I, I got to get to the playoffs so I can get through the playoffs and do the draft. And then I can sign the free agents and set up my team. So that's all I want to do. Right. But you know, I don't want to cheat myself by losing the experience of simming the entire season. But yeah, to me, it's all about the GM mode. I love those <laughs> aspects of these of these sports games. Yeah. No, those are yeah, fantastic. And and '96 was the first oh, yeah. year that I had a computer, and so that's the first time I, I had it on PC, and um, I played it nonstop. And I just remember I was unstoppable at Sackick and Forsberg. Yeah. that Colorado team. <laughs> was ridiculous with that wraparound ability yeah. Forsberg had, not just in real life, I've got a, but on the game too. Yeah, it, yeah, it was amazing. You mentioned it's, the computer thing. I think that's favorite. where I had a one. I think I had it on the PC where you could create a player and map the face to them. And it was so glitchy. It was rough. Uh, but yes. yeah, I used to play it on my PC at home. And then uh, 
Yeah, another little quick fun bit was the uh, the whole if you if you've seen the movie Swingers where they're playing uh, NHL '94, and they're they Jeremy Roenick makes Gretzky's head bleed. Yes, I have a t I have a I have a T-shirt with them on it. Yes, with the two pixeled characters and Gretzky's on the ground with a little pool of digital blood by his head, and it underneath it it says in it yeah <laughs> it says on, it, on the shirt uh, <laughs> make someone's head bleed, and I'm like that's awesome. So. Cheers to the NHL series. Uh, my 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 number five pick was NHL '96 because to me that was the catalyst that made me love the series. Mm-hmm. And I would pick the same one nice. um, if I had four? to choose one. So um, moving on to number four. For number four, um, I chose Castlevania Two on the NES. Um, this is a game that my brother and I played for the longest time and had so much trouble. And, you know, um, going back in time again, we didn't have the Internet. So you had to figure it out for yourself. Even the Nintendo Power cheat guides that would come out from time to time would not cover Castlevania 2, probably because it was in the past and they were more about modern games. Um, and I, w- I don't think I've ever rejoiced for a video game as much as I had when we finally beat that game. Um, because it was the little small things you had to to think about and use some common sense with items you had to progress to another level. And, uh, and I don't want to go too deep on it, but I remember there's a part mm-hmm. where you beat a certain level and you gain an eyeball. And it's in your inventory and you're like, well, what do I do with this thing? And then later in the game, you get to a part where you're trying to cross the ferry mm-hmm. But the ferryman says the fog is too thick and you can't cross. And what you had to do was give him the eyeball to be able to see. And it it took us months to figure this out. Um, But long story short was uh, the time and effort we put into this game and finally beat it is probably the the most happy I was for beating the game. So that's why Castlevania 2 is on this list. just, just great memories. Me and my brother just getting so upset, just could not progress, and then finally doing it. It's, it's a very joyous occasion, Scotty. <laughs> no, that's the beauty of these games uh, from that era that will never be understood the way we understood them. Again, having you had to have a strategy guide or you had to just trial and error everything because you had no idea... There was no internet to, sh- to find anything on. You would talk to people who played the game yep. and maybe they gave you an insight. And it's so funny you make that reference because, again, I'm not getting giving it away yet, but that's the primary reason that my uh-huh. number one pick is where it is because I think it took me 15 years wow. to figure out how to beat it. That's commitment. And I, when I, but I kept going yeah. back. But What's anyway, I'm jumping number ahead. Four? So, um my number four is an interesting one because it kind of got like a remix version. Uh, and again, this is in the mid nineties. Um, but, um, I'm going to go with, um, mortal Kombat three. And I'm not, I'm not saying ultimate mortal Kombat three because the bit of a story I have with it was back in the day. And again, people our age will understand this kids. It's not really there anymore. You go to the arcade and it's, you know, you got the you got essentially games that you have on your phone, larger scale versions of them in the arcade from everything from uh, Flappy Bird to, you know, playing uh, Guitar Hero or something like that, or even Mario Kart in the arcade. But back in the day, 
and the heyday of the fighters and whatnot, things like that. Um, I didn't get to experience the big craze when Mortal Kombat, say, 1 and 2 blew up in the arcades and everything like that. But what I did start to see was uh, when my buddy first got Mortal Kombat 2 on the home system, and they were great at it, I was not. Um, so then when I heard that Mortal Kombat 3 was coming out in the arcades, um, I bought a bunch of strategy guides, and I remember distinctly going home, getting these guides, and like doing my best to memorize the move patterns, right? Like whatever the executing the move was for the specific character, the special moves and things like that. Um, so I was trying my best to study, and I think this was grade six or seven for me. So I was doing my best to memorize this and study it like it was a test. Because I knew, I said, oh, we're going to go to the arcade on Friday after school, and we're going to play Mortal Kombat 3. It just came out. It's going to be sick. There's lineups and stuff. I'm like, okay, awesome. I'm going to prep myself. I'm going to get to know the moves. So I can go in there, and you know, I can feel good about myself and, and keep up and things like that. And I did really well in the sense that I had these moves memorized. What I did not know was when they introduced the combo system into uh, Mortal yeah. Kombat 3, and I got obliterated by anybody yeah. I even tried to play in there. But the but the sheer beauty of going in there and and you know somebody doing a fatality on you yeah. or something like that, like to experience that. And and looking back, Mortal Kombat 3 started to get a bit hokey. Um, they, you know, it was one thing when they had the the shock factor of somebody getting decapitated, their spine ripped out, their heart ripped out, etc. In the first one, and then even in the second one, where you know they introduce guys like Baraka who have blades who impale you and things like that, or they have Reptile who have the acid. Oh no, the acid spit wasn't that one, but you know things like that where they were doing a bit more interesting yep. stuff. And then MK3 started to introduce some hokey stuff. Um, granted. I still love to this day. Um, the first one I think I ever pulled off in the arcade was uh, Cyrax, the yellow uh, robot ninja, his uh, helicopter chopper finale. And I, <laughs> I thought remember I was going to do that because that's awesome. I, I thought I learned Sonya because they seemed like they were relatively easy to do. And I was like, oh, they, they gave her like a, a vertical bicycle kick, kind of like what Liu Kang had in the second one. So I was like, oh, that looks really cool. I want to use that as an anti-air attack for her when people jump into me with, with jump kicks. And it works. It's just a little tricky to pull off with the joystick. Um, but anyway, no, I was really pumped about uh, MK3 in the arcade. Um, subsequently, when they did the remix and put... Uh, I'm just going to call it a remix, cause it, but it was a planned revision the whole time uh, because obviously everyone who saw it at first was like, what the hell? Where's Scorpion, Reptile... Um, you know, the female ninjas from sec from Mortal Kombat 2. And I was the same because I was like, how the hell do you make a game without the two, yes. you know, primary characters? It's like Scorpion wasn't in there. Sub-Zero was, but, you know, the story watered him down and he they gave him the fu funky looking outfit. Right. It looked like he was, you know, wearing a life preserver or something. Um, anyways, weird. Uh, or, or like he was wearing like uh, some sort of like, you know, backpack thing or something. Like he was ready to, to bust out extra ammo or something. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain what he was wearing. But uh, regardless, um, you know, when they brought those people back in, you know, it was cool to go and play it in the arcade. But I remember when they brought out the Super Nintendo version, like this, the Super Nintendo version of MK3 was decent. Um, I became a all-star with Cabal, like in the neighborhood. I kicked the hell out of everybody because I figured I had to do like a 
the 10 hit 67 percent damage combo with him or whatever so i just obliterated everyone right so when they did mk umk3 ultimate mk3 and they brought it out on not only the arcades but super right, nintendo yes. they rebalanced him with everybody else so oh that combo turned into like a 21 percent damage combo which was I lost my advantage, so then I ended up learning how to play with some of the other characters like uh, Smoke and... Uh, you yeah, lost your advantage. Uh, who else did I use? It does, really doesn't matter. But anyway, um, I got much better at it on uh, and interested when they brought out the Xbox 360 arcade uh, port of the game, of Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, because then you know it was arcade level. Like The Super Nintendo version of that, is crap it has no um voiceovers in it they took them out because they needed the extra space to put the characters in they eliminated more than half the backgrounds i believe i think they just put in the four new backgrounds and maybe one other background Mm -hmm. so they had somewhere to put uh motaro and and shao khan at the end but it was definitely altered from uh, mortal Kombat 3 and because i was i had a super nintendo that was my access to it i didn't have a playstation at the time so yeah so i i don't like ultimate for that reason uh i like it in the arcades just fine but i just i think that feeling of first ever my first real big arcade experience was mortal Kombat 3 as opposed to one or two but that was it and then it carried with me onto the snes and uh you know now you can't play it which is interesting because they want you to play ultimate. So also because it's so unbalanced, you know, the characters, characters with the combo systems and whatnot. Um, Cause you could pull off these ridiculous combos. Like I mentioned with more than one character. Um, so anyway, that was my big long rant and story about that. But yeah, that was a very cool time when you could go to the arcades and play these games. And there was lineup, there were lineups for things, you know, like it was just neat. And then sometimes you would go, You'd go not to play. You'd go to just to watch people. You know, right. Kind of That's cool. where I was getting at. Yeah. I wanted to set the tone maybe for some younger listeners, um, what it was like back in the heyday of fighters in the arcade. And I mean, you'd go with a pocket full of quarters and you'd stand in line and you put your quarter on the machine and you'd wait your turn. And the, the way it worked was the winner stayed on yep. and it was more fun. You know, I never liked losing, but you learned a lot from losing, but it was watching those combos or watching those finishes especially like the fatalities like you said for the first time and it's just like blowing your mind yeah you're um, almost happy to was, get beat that somebody more right with it you was, was an event yeah. yeah it was an event to go and just challenge the people in your neighborhood and, and that's the one thing i wish like you know young kids today you know they have it easy on their phone but it's that it's that in-person battle and like just seeing something for the first time, not going on YouTube and getting all the spoilers, but like seeing something happens. Like I didn't know my character could do that. You know, uh, that's what I recall about those fighter games. So yes, uh, I think that's a great choice. Um, uh, for my number three, this one is a a PC game that came out probably in the late nineties, early two thousands, but it was Delta force two. Okay. And Delta force (laughs) two is one of the first shooters that I played. Um, and I'm not a shooters, you know, kind of guy anymore. I'm just not good at them, but this game, I was exceptionally, I mean, I was fantastic. I even joined a, uh, a guild and we would have, you know, tournaments against other people. Uh, it was called ARC. They were the archangels, um, and did this for several years. And 
you know, if any game that I progressed that and like was, I'm talking, I could sell myself as a master of this game was, was this game. And I became the sniper for the, uh, for the, for the team. Um, but it was the kind of game back then that was way ahead of its time. Um, the maps were, um, very large, the, the uh, different types of weapons, the different things you could do was unlike anything in the early two thousands, it was very realistic in a lot of ways. And it's, it still to this day has a cult following very underground, but there's still some private servers that still run this game. And if you get to be friends with some of these people or, you know, lucky enough to get on their discord and, be, and become buddies with them, you can still play against other teams. Um, so, yeah, anybody who's, you know, maybe wanting to check out some older games, it's free to downloads. Delta Force 2, I think it was made by Sierra Gaming. Um, check it out because that one, it's probably, it should be my number one in a way because it's my fondest memories of playing with people for like the first time all over the world. We were running something like Ventrilo back when Ventrilo was not even good to use, but we actually chatted with people and windows XP and, you know, so um, it was the whole experience, I guess, encompassed for the first time of what you have now for the modern shooter, right? Mm -hmm. Now you just put on your headphones, turn on your Xbox and, you know, everybody's Wi-Fi, but it was a lot harder to do and having that experience like, wow, I'm actually playing with like 20 other people, 10 V 10 people all over the world, making friends with people for the first time when it was kind of taboo and weird. Um, it was just a great time. And uh, you know, that game was just way ahead of its time, what you could do. So, um, it had to have a spot on this and uh, I feel comfortable with number three, although for the joy it brought would probably be, you know, overall number one, but, Number three for on my list. What about you? Uh, number three for me, um, it's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game on Super on, oh, re- great on choice. Nintendo. Um, yeah, the, fantastic choice. Now, a lot of people I know like the third one, uh, the Manhattan Project. I didn't own it. I owned the second one. Um, granted, anytime I played the third one, I, I always didn't like how they, uh, the special moves would always take away a little health uh, bar from you uh, after using them yeah. a couple times because yeah i know you spam the hell out of that thing in the second one to use it but also mm-hmm. uh, what i would do was i would use the konami code but i would use it just to get the lives because there's no way you can get through that game <laughs> with three lives like even and no, I'm, it's almost I'm, I'm not hitting the continues to restart every you know it's two or three levels in there or whatever so i just set it and I said, okay, I made it a challenge to try and get through the entire game with the nine lives they gave you. And I think I was able to do it. I'm pretty sure. Um, otherwise, it would send Quick you back question. to, uh, you know, thing. yeah. Who was your turtle of choice in that game? Raph. You know, it's it's so bad, too. It, looking Raph? back on it, it's the really? worst. He is the, he is the shortest hitbox He's thing, the worst right? one, yeah. exactly. It's looking back. Right. So it make, makes me feel that I'm that good of a Ninja Turtles player. That I I should hey, know maybe I, so, but no, I yeah. Uh, I always went with yeah, Leonardo. No, I think uh, Leo definitely makes the most sense. Um, I think I, looking back, I just took Raph because he's my favorite turtle. But yeah, Leo would def Leo or Don uh-huh. obviously makes the most sense. Um, right, just yeah. the, the range. I remember mm-hmm. in the third one, I think Raph had like the the Raiden sort of attack where he flew at you like a, a pile driver sort of thing. And then Leo in the okay, third one was right. obviously the man with the spinning uh, katana blade move, right? Where you would do it in the third one. But mm-hmm. And Michelangelo had the funny like 
push off kick jump kick thing in the air so that was just fun to launch guys right but uh no i i, I really not a big fan of the third one and i like uh turtles in time when they put that on on uh, super nintendo that was really good and then they re-released it on uh, again xbox 360 when that was out too but uh yeah i owned uh, the second one the arcade game and i just remember that and even to this day that's my ringtone is the uh the the fire in, oh, the, in the building in the first level that theme is uh, that theme is oh, boss man funny. that's such a good theme um so yeah and no, i just loved everything about the soundtrack and uh the playability too because again too that was again a, one of the first co-op games where you got to play at the same time where it wasn't like a Mario Brothers thing where mm-hmm. you had to wait till the other person died. It was similar to, say, Battletoads or something like that, where you could both play. Um, I don't think in Turtles 2, you could hurt each other. I think 3, you could. So again, 3, I think where they thought they were making better ideas, where you're like, you know, it sucks, and if you hit each other, and it takes off a life because it's more challenging, and we're going to take away a little life bar a little bit every time you use the, the special enhanced move. You know what? I, I, I like Turtles 2 the best. It just seems like a simple format and uh, everything sound, all that fun factor. You got your buddy who can play with you, you know, all the fun things. So I won't continue on that too much there, but that's that's okay. it. And I think anyone who's played the game, it, it speaks for itself. It's just a fun game. And I, I put a ton of hours into that thing. And yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. So did I. Um, okay. Moving on to uh, number two, um, I have okay. Pokemon, and I've kind of encapsulated the whole series because, in many ways, it's the same game, just you know, re-edited with new Pokemon and new destinations. But um, I've been playing it since 1996, uh, when Red came out, the very first one. Um, I bought most of them. There was a lull where I, I was in the military and I wasn't up to date. You know, I had better things to do than play, <laughs> you know, handheld games on the um, the Game Boy or whatever it is. But uh, even today, you know, on the uh, the Nintendo Switch, um, I still play the, the newest one. I play Pokemon Go on my phone with my wife. Um, I'm a 42-year-old guy who is addicted to the world of Pokemon. I just love the games and it's as silly as it sounds. It's, I can't get enough of it. Um, I just think yeah, the evolution of the game has been phenomenal. I think it redefined the handheld it it. consoles. Um, it's, it definitely saved it. And, you know, I mean, I mean, look, it's, it's huge. It's massive. The Pokemon, I guess, community is just is growing stronger and stronger because there's parents like me. They're introducing it to their kids, and the kids are playing it, and it's yep, not getting any smaller. It's cards here to stay. Too, right? So, like, so it, it expanded. Yeah, oh, no, that's it, oh, okay. where it started. It started with it started with the cards, and and the success of the cards, the game followed. I believe, I believe it's it was not, the cards write, that write came us first. in. Um, it started in Japan. <laughs> so write us in. Tell I us could we're wrong. Be wrong. Yeah, write us in if I'm wrong. Um, but you know, anyway, um, you know, I love the cartoon, uh, you know, just everything about it. So uh, I had to put Pokemon at number two, because if I started playing it in 96 and here we are in 2020 and I'm still playing it and loving it more than ever. I mean, it's, it's, it's gotta be there. I, I, had, a, I so, had a bunch of friends that's in high my school who were so into it. I just really wasn't. And I don't know. I just I, I just couldn't get into it. I respect and appreciate the thing, you know, the 
the love for it that people have. Clearly, it's staying power, and like you said, it it probably saved the uh, handheld consoles. And Nintendo will you can do the history lookup like that's their highest selling console. I think is the DS around that late '90s, early 2000s thing, or the uh-huh. Game Boy Advance, and that was right around when they brought out the color versions of that on there and whatnot. And yeah, definitely. That's saved right. that business and that's their highest grossing console to date and um yeah it's it's not my not my thing but man oh and who's that who is yeah, my favorite pokemon you it? ask my 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 favorite pokemon is gengar you'll have to explain since you to asked, a novice non pokemon guy because i only know who okay. pikachu is and i know there's was it uh charma's Charm- uh, well gengar is a first generation a, a squirtle charizard yeah or str or strudel or what's his the, right the, the squirtle the, uh, the squirtle the, is correct the turtle thing yeah <laughs> that's about the extent i know there's a me too right or mewtwo because because they had the move they had that movie mewtwo. Come out, so mewtwo but yeah. that's probably and uh there's like a jigglypuff right. uh <laughs> i feel like i'm calling it the i uh-huh. feel like i'm calling it the google that's right um, no, it's 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 amazing because we have this you know, nerd podcast and somebody who actually doesn't know Pokemon. I mean, it's it's not not making fun of you. It's just it's crazy to think as big as it is, there's still some people out there who have no interest or don't even know the names of the the, the band. But again, that's, that's the beauty that's awesome of in a way. <laughs> nerd and I guess what it's become, and it's not a a, a, a such yeah, a bad absolutely. word anymore. You know, it's it's more of a, a thing now. Sorry, I'm messing with a baby gate right now. Yeah, but. <laughs> To, to answer your question real quick, um, uh, he's one of the uh, he's from the first generation. He's a ghost type. He's a, a gremlin type um, uh, Pokemon. So yeah, it's just always been my favorite. So um, I I don't know. Is, is it <laughs> was that your number two? Okay, I guess it is my number. two. That was my number two. So, so I think it's, I'm going to go your with turn. one here okay. that is probably going to be like, of course it is because it's a. It is the classic. It's one of the biggest of all time. And the impact that it had on you listening, if you feel the same way, because it had the impact on everybody, it's Super Mario World. Um, That game, to me, uh, as much as Mario 3 was such a huge huge deal, and and my little story about Mario 3, quick, even though it's Mario World I'm choosing, was uh, if anybody remembers Popsicle Pete, Back in the early 90s, they had a promotion going where if you collected 15,000 points from the popsicle sticks. So each popsicle stick, when you finish it, had like a thing on it. It said like 100 points, 50 points, whatever like that. Uh, We must have gone through that many popsicles that summer because I got 15,000 points. And it said, uh, if you get that, send, uh, send them in or something like that. And we will give you a copy of Super Mario Brothers 3. So... There's, I'm pretty sure I looked this up not too long ago. There's an article online you can find about how Popsicle Pete screwed up. Like, the, I, I'm, I'm calling it Popsicle Pete because I don't remember what the parent company is. They screwed up and misunderstood the demand they were going to get for this, right? So I think it was like, I'm pretty sure it was like Mario 3. <laughs> right. There was probably Tetris Oopsie. in there for NES. There was two or three game options or something like that, or and maybe like an accessory you could choose from, right? So they clearly misunderstood how big this was going to be and how much popsicle sales and things they were going to get. So basically, I, I got eventually a, a letter in the mail my dad did 
and it told us that uh, due to demand, they could not honor and give us a copy of Mario 3, and I'm pretty sure I got Tetris instead. So BS on that, because I did not get Super Mario oh. 3 as early as I could have, but you know, Mario 3 is <laughs> great, and I spent a lot of time on it. I think my problem, why I rank Mario World as a better game to me than Mario 3, it comes down to the save feature. It comes down to the depth of the game. Super Mario 3 has a relative linear format. You have to go through it in a certain way. You cannot go back. You cannot go and find secrets. And I think Mario World was a game changer in that aspect. Was You played first to beat the game, and then you had to go back and beat the game, if I recall, to get 96 stars or 96% or whatever they called it. It, it's not 96%, but you know, it, it was 96 levels completed with a little star because you had to access the secret worlds that you could only get through the star map. So you thought the star map was a secret thing. And then there's a whole another extra added world with all the funky uh. names like tubular and awesome and all those and funky and gnarly. And I remember those were a couple of the names. There's a couple of horribly hard levels in there. Um, now you go on, like you watch some Mario maker uh, tutorials that people make on YouTube or, or levels, and it's this ridiculous stuff that was essentially pioneered by some of those levels. But I and I hated those, and I don't want to play those ever again. But the fact that you had to go and do those, and not only that, you had to go on the star map where you would get the key to unlock one level. You would still have to go through and finish it through the uh, the tape at the end of the, the level, like you should have to gain. You know, so like two finishes in one level. So there was tons of ways to go through that game and make sure you would get 96 stars or 96 points or whatever you want to call it. I guess my point is that I love that game because I spent so much time in it. Again, back in the day, we had no internet. You had to do it through trial and error. You had to find out every little thing, whether you had to use the, the, the cape to fly underneath yep. the exit to get to the, the secondary exit or something like that, or use the balloon to get under there and, and just envision <laughs> ways that you never really thought possible, which to me, I would have put something like Donkey Kong Country, which I give an honorable mention to because that's a fantastic game as well, but same principle, had more than 100% completion you could get, and you had to come up with all these different ways. How many hours you spent find, trying to find it and go through each level to look for another exit, another trick, another secret, you know, just to, to complete that. And you know, you knew you had to get to this goal. It's just finding the ways to get to it. So... I feel like as much as I love Mario 3, once you beat it, you beat it. Mario World, I remember playing that for months, and I still go back for fun every now and then, every couple of years. I fire it off on an emulator, and I play it. Like A couple of years ago, my wife and I played it, and we got through about three quarters of the game, and then we got sidetracked with some other stuff. This was before we had a baby. But we got into that, and, and you know it was just a lot of fun. So, again... Mario World, as far as I'm concerned, is the greatest Mario game ever made. It's number nice. two on my list just for things it's done to my childhood. It okay. arguably should be number one, and maybe I'm just not putting it number one because I know sort of it's expected it would be number one. But I've saved that for another special spot game series for myself. So, yep. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so before we get to my number one, I want to oh, drop uh, my honorable I'm mentions. I'm so sorry because I made like, um, I'm like going to follow in the same vein as you. Or something, or I tried to, I tried to sprinkle them here and there. That's okay. I, okay. 
we can we can run through those quick, but mm. um, uh, Super Mario Brothers two um, made Doki my honorable mention, and um, this is yep. another game that uh, my brother and I spent yeah spent countless days playing it, and it was uh, looking back, it was such a trippy Does weird game now in that the, you know the, the world, very non Mario right? in a lot of ways, but still true to the right. Some some of it I I've I don't still don't know the whole story but I I've learned more and yes it does um, and and once you complete the game you kind of understand why it's so weird and trippy um, but it's it, the the time and the fun I, I I look back to my brother and I that was some of the most fun that we had playing on the NES was Super Mario mm-hmm. two and we love Super Mario three. Um, my dad did especially, um, and that got him into the Nintendo, the only game he ever played. Um, but number two was, uh, what really sold us on Mario because the original Super Mario brothers was, was okay. It was just a classic game at the time, you know, and everybody had it, but that's not one of my favorites. But when two came out, I was like, wow, this is just so different. This is amazing. Um, I, I don't know, man. It just has that special place with me, you know? Uh, with the time I spent with my brother playing it, but again, the complexity of it, and it was just so weird and so out of the ordinary. Um, it, it just really grabbed our attention and we, we just, we grinded away for months and months and, and finally beat it. And it was, you know, one of those great feelings. <laughs> um, my um, stupid, stupid yeah. question, but you, you've played the lost levels I game, have. right? Okay. Yeah. Like that, which was the original Correct. Mario two from Japan, Correct. right? Yeah. So that, like that's a that's a that's a yeah, nutcase yeah, game. Like absolutely. That, that to me, yeah. Like I remember having the same run, like I was talking about with Super Mario World, where you spent forever trying to get through it. I don't remember it being fun. I remember it, it being so frustrating, and I was throwing yep. controllers around and everything. And, and this was again playing it on the Mario All Stars port on Super Nintendo. But and to even get through it, you get through the eight four stage, and then they tell you there's an A B D yeah. and C or A B C and D thing, and those are even harder. Oh my god! Like I, because of the save feature, I got through it. But the oh, Nintendo hell. or I remember the NES generation was by far the most determined because we had the least resources, you know, to us. But yeah, they just they just wanted to break yeah. you with with all those games, yeah. you know, like Ghosts and Goblins, which is why and, they made their you know, controllers lost, lost so durable. Them. Because they know we'd yeah. have a, a well, we I guess so. break those things. Um, <laughs> That's why those uh, CRT TVs were made of glass right. screens, so you could fucking huck those controllers yeah. at them and they bounce right off of it. Not right now. Now you destroy your LCD if you yep. threw one of those at it. Um, okay, and so my other honorable mention goes to the NCAA series, and that's both the basketball and the football series. Um, I'm a big college sports fan, so that just kind of speaks volumes for itself. Um, and it's it's really cool when you can go and play your favorite you know university team even if they're not really that good and, and try to actually compete to win the national championship or even win it um, and it's a shame that you know they had the issues they did with um, college players wanting to get paid to be on the covers and stuff like that which is why they they uh, went went under or why they chose not to to proceed with it um, but okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's athletes wanted to start uh, getting paid, but the NCAA has their rules um, in America that uh, athletes cannot earn yep. a wage. I've heard lots about it. Right, but you can use their image to make <clears throat> you know profit for university. So um, anyhow, uh, 
it's my, my simple love for college sports just has to put the NCAA series as my honorable mention. Okay. So let me go to my number one. Okay. Um, my number one is Dota two. Um, oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of people know what Dota is. Um, those of you that, that don't, uh, if you know what League of Legends is, it's a very similar game, same concept. And if you don't know what either of those games are, um, check it out. That's it's a game, it's a style called MOBA, and that stands for a Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. And um, to the people who may not you know, understand how big this thing is right now, they have world championships where the winning team, a five-man team, will win $20 million. And this is held every year. It's called the International. So this is a global game. Um, I think everybody in every country you know, um, plays this damn thing. So uh, I put – you ready for this? Almost 6,000 yeah. hours playing this game. Wow. Yeah. You're one of those – you're one of those dudes that's in the uh, the web cafes and hammered no, away on it for a week. You're it. looking at a guy who I'm married, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't have any kids. So yeah. when we settle down for the night and I'm a night owl, that's what I do. I play Dota. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I think I will play it as long as it's ever in existence. Um, <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship, and I can't shake it. It's like a bad drug. And, um, you know, <laughs> those who play the game understand how much they mutually hate it, but we can't stop playing yeah. it. Um, oh, wow. So due to just the longevity of, you know, several years I played it and the hours I put into it and I still can't walk away, it has to be my all-time favorite game. I've never played a game with that many hours. I've never hated a game yet loved the game so much. Um, <laughs> it's such a toxic environment with the players, and yet it does not drive me away. So... That's um, yeah. There's going to be probably people out there hearing this who completely agree, and then the rest of them will think I'm batshit crazy, and that's okay. So, Dota Two but, is yeah. my number one video game. <laughs> well, that's interesting. No, it's it's interesting because again, it's relevant to you. It's an opinion. It's, right. it's how you experienced life growing up and what that influence had on you, right? Because again, right. you anybody could go on these list and look up all kinds of things and what opinions they have on other it's I, that's what makes probably why people want to listen to podcasts is they want to hear other people's opinions you know and how that impacted them they don't want to read a general oh, okay this you know this film got x amount on rotten tomatoes or this game got reviewed by gamestop or you know ign or whatever other primary big you know media conglomerate or whatever in their that's opinion right. of their collective writers. No, that's why podcasts are fun because they're opinionated, right? And that's how it is. So, you know, and that's a cool spin because that's not one that is a general, you know, no selection from not. someone, which is kind of, again, and, like we were talking about why Mario isn't my number one. It's up there because of everything that I had, but it's not because of the respect of the character of the franchise. It's just, that's the game that impacted me. And one little side note before you go on, um, it's free. Uh, it's a free game. Yeah. So, I mean, right. that's, that makes it even more attractive. So, Nice, nice. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, um, I guess, again, I'll do a quick couple of honorable mentions. Um, you know, my rant there about Mario World. Super Mario 64, again, very similar idea uh, as an honorable mention. 
just with the progression, it's not a, not a linear game anymore. You can go back and find secrets, and man, did that have a lot. Uh, with that being said, I think there, yeah, I think there was a lot to do with that and uh, going through it and trying to find secrets. I remember I had that in junior high, and I hammered out a lot of time finding those, and I did. Uh, it took me a couple months, but uh, I, I, I don't, I never played the Mario games after that, and in part of it was just I never had those systems and never really kept up with it. Um, which is too bad, but um, um, I, a couple of games in the recent era that I was in, and I, people are going to laugh, recent era, I'm, I'm, I'm talking 10 years. Uh, so <laughs> I'm talking like uh, the Force Unleashed series that came out from Star Wars. Okay. Yep. I thought those games were a lot of fun because it's fun to just blow shit up with the Force. Uh, I thought that was the first game that really let you do that. So I got one and two of that on the Xbox 360 when I had that. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, the early Guitar Hero series uh, were a lot of fun before they got, you know, obliterated and oversaturated in the market by that and Rock Band and whatever. I mentioned Donkey Kong Country is a great game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you had mentioned an older game at one point. I'm going to mention Summer Games on the Commodore 64. Ooh, I had a Commodore 64 computer it. for a while in the... Uh, the summer times when I was a little kid because my dad was a third grade teacher. So they had two computers they had in the room that were Commodore 64s and they, they used them for all kinds of stuff, but he would bring them home uh, at least one of the mo- units uh, during the summertime. So I'd get to play that. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I, had a, I had a bunch of games on it, but Summer Games was the one that stood out for sure. Um, I liked my puzzle games to a point. Uh, people would think, oh, Tetris, sure. No, I was I was the Dr. Mario guy. I'm still an ace at Dr. Mario. Um, let, me, let me stop you right there. I have to say, mm-hmm. I have a Raspberry Pi with over 8,000 games on it. I've always wanted Comes to get from, one of those. Um, we'll talk. We'll I'll t- see what I can do. For we'll you. talk. I um, almost bought yeah, we'll a, I talk. almost bought a Nintendo Mini, but I was like, uh, you know what? What's the point? Like, I've got a I've got a laptop with the emulator, and I've got everything on it. If I ever want to play yeah. it, and I've got the USB controllers for it, but something about having like a little physical unit. My cousin took the shell of an NES and modded it with a Raspberry Pi in the inside, and he I love it. Yeah, oh, I've seen so those. They're, they're legit amazing. size and authentic. It's amazing. Like, yeah, it just looks great. Yep. But I was like, ah, I, yep. I can't spend that um, much on it. But I got it to have around the house just for some, you know, nostalgia and and uh, to be honest, they're great for parties too, right? So, so I could have Doctor Mario for my wife to play. <laughs> and go. she's not the she's not the only one. There are and it's something with the females uh, that I've noticed. Um, I had an ex girlfriend years ago who loved the game. I have several um, female friends of mine who are not gamers at all, but they say, "But I love Doctor Mario." So there's something about that game that has this underground following. Yeah, my wife that is mine. My wife liked it too. I'm pretty sure she. we would So play it. I just wanted to interject that because it's something I had to I had to bring up because it's just it's mind blowing the the love that that game still gets. Nice. I'll, I'm just looking at the clock. I'll try and keep this quick. Yeah, and our RBI baseball for NES. Yes. Only because oh. I would physically write down on paper. I would make like seasons and try and do like GM mode before there was GM mode in games. I would utilize that that game, but obviously that doesn't work. I used Chet Lim- Chet Lemon was my favorite player on that game. I think he played for Detroit. I think I cheated and always. I don't know why, American but League, so they were always souped so up and way overpowered. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I mean, just I guess with the Doctor Mario mentioned, I also uh, the game Yoshi. I I liked it better on the Game Boy than I did on the NES. 
funny enough. Uh, but uh, anyway, I also played Metroid 2: Return of Samus a lot on the Game Boy. That was a good, that was a good fun game. I enjoy a lot. So my number one drum roll. Uh, for those who know me and many of you who are listening, if any who don't, which is probably everybody. Um, my number one is Mega Man 2. And oh, I this is this nice. is again an, another one that's actually the opposite of the Ninja Turtles thing. Um, I knew a guy growing up, uh, my dad's good buddy, his son. Um, this guy would get all kinds of games. They go to Buffalo and stuff all the time. So he'd always buy the NES games over there. And he would bring them back because they were cheaper in the States from our dollar. So they would bring them back and he'd have like, you know, shelving units full of NES games. So I'd go over there and sometimes this guy would even be at his mom. So he wouldn't even be there. But I had like free reign to go through his his Nintendo and play whatever, right? So um, I played Mega Man 2. He didn't have one. So I was never actually exposed to the first Mega Man until years and years later. Um. I right. played two at his place and man, I plugged away on that thing. And that was definitely one of those ones where it beats you down and it, and you just keep coming back for more and you gradually get a little bit yep. better at it. And I ended up buying the third one when it came out. And so I had the third one and definitely didn't whip through it, but I remember the, the difficulty curve was less than two for sure. So when I did beat three, I was like, okay. Uh-huh. But then gradually over the years, I, you know, I played two and I, I didn't have a lot of success when I was a kid. And I always remember where I got to. And for those who are familiar with the game, uh, Dr. Wily stage one, there's a spot where you have to climb up a ladder and use one uh, item one. And you have to use it to get across um, where there are no platforms to get to the ladder on the other side of the screen. I could figure out that you needed to use this item. I didn't realize you had to space it in the way where you basically had to have Mega Man with one foot on the item when it's moving up. It's a little thing. It's a little platform with a propeller. So when you start it, you have to hop on it, but you have to inch Mega Man over enough that he's just got one of his feet on the, the thing on the elevated platform as it's moving. So not only do you have to move him, uh, far enough that he doesn't fall off, but enough to get him over to, you know, put the next item of that out. You have to do three in, in a, a sequence, but you have to make them so they're spaced far enough that you can get to that ladder. I could, I never realized when I was little, you had to space him out far enough to get there. So I would always fall and then you'd waste that energy. And then you'd have to go back and farm for more energy and try again. So I was stuck there for years. And then finally, when I figured it out, I was like, Oh my God, the heavens have opened up and, yeah, I don't even remember exactly when I finally beat the game, and I don't want to make fun of myself and say it was when I got the anniversary collection on the PS2 in probably the mid-2000s. It might have <laughs> taken me 15 yeah. years to beat this game. And when I did, it was it was, wow. it was was like you I say, that it. most relieving feeling ever. It's like, oh my god, it took me that long, but I yeah. finally did it. Yep. I, I, it's, it. It's not easy necessarily all the time, and I can beat it every time I pick it up, but I still go back and I played it like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Cause again, we're, we're at home. We're not doing anything. 
my wife was doing something in the kitchen and I knew she wasn't going to be long. And I said, oh, I know I can beat this game in 40 minutes. So I said, well, I'll just whip it on and start playing through it or whatever. And then, then next thing I know, she's sitting beside me on her phone or whatever. And I'm still playing the final stages. I'm like, oh, I'm going to finish the game. But, you know, it still to this day holds holds up to me. It's it, I think it's one of the big innovative games that came out in 88 or 89. Um the first one was not mm-hmm. a big seller. The second one was a monster hit for them. And but it play, but it plays off the same Massive. principle. It's just make it a little bit better, you know, to, uh, get some stuff a little tighter. But that's uh, I I love the character. I love it in that age. I never actually really played the Mega Man X series. Um, I think it's on my list of things I would like to try in in terms of video games. Obviously, there's there's a ton of those games too. But I want to play the Super Nintendo games. I don't want to get into the PlayStation era stuff. Um, and then, um, right. There's two reasons, two reasons why it, it it was more successful in, um, the second iteration of it. And and the the first one was very few people had an NES Mm -hmm. when Mega Man one came out. Um, the popularity grew, of course, with other games and, you know, when they released part two, um, and, and the exposure. You know, that's when, like I said, Nintendo Power, the magazine came out and Mega Man was, you know, was cool. Um, and uh, the one thing I remember, was that the one that had uh, Woodman on yep. it? Was he one of the, the guys you had to beat? Yeah. So I remember playing mm-hmm. that game. And uh, I remember the anger that would that specifically Woodman gave me. And mm-hmm. I've never beaten it. No. So, um, so <laughs> I understand the years it took. No, so anyway, okay. sorry. It, it's mean funny. To yeah, the metal blade is so yeah. overpowered yeah, in that game because you could literally, as soon as you get it, you just use it for the entire game. But, you know, it also, you know, it's, I don't know. Right. Again, the, the soundtrack has a great deal to, to do with it as well. Like it's now our opener because it is. it's just a rock and tune. And then, Absolutely. you know, back when I had a band, um, we actually made a cover of the, uh, the Dr. Wiley stage theme. It was terror. Like the music oh, was fine because the music <laughs> I didn't write, but you know, the, I'm not going to re- repeat lyrics cause they were terrible, but uh, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was just sure. bad. There's much better bands <laughs> online who have done covers of that song and made it more like actual video game centric that are much, much better. Go listen to those. Like, There's awesome guys on YouTube playing guitars to that stuff. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, just the, I think it, it, it's, again, the prime example of a soundtrack <laughs> and a game coming together the great way. And it just, to me, it just lives on. And that's that's my favorite game of all time. So Awesome. Well, look, we have gone way over our time limit. As I we didn't think we would. This too, episode would talking about video games. on so long in that first one, but no, I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of figured that you know yeah. video games we'd really get deep into. Um, so we're gonna wrap it up here. But Scotty, you know, um, thanks again for being here. Uh, I want to say thank you to Gaming Galaxy of Houston and everything they do for us. Um, Follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at the Nerd Digest. And if you want to email us and please send us questions, you want to, you know, correct us on anything, you want to send a little hate mail, that's fine. Uh, uh, send it at the Nerd Digest at gmail.com. Yeah, uh, anything else you'd like to add, Scott? It was really good to talk. I had a little, I had a lot of fun tonight. You that's know, it. And it was great uh, chatting about stuff. And hope everybody Me listened, uh, enjoyed it as much as we did talking about it. Yep, absolutely. So thanks for listening and stay tuned for episode three. Cheers. We're out.